This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. And this is something that I get asked uh, quite regularly is, when do I, like, do I prioritize paying down my debt or do I prioritize saving first? And I always say pay down the debt. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are here for episode two of the Investors Podcast, which is brand new episode type that we're bringing to the channel to the, the YouTube channel and to the podcast. Um, it's such a relevant topic at the moment, I think, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, business, wealth, and character, that's that's what we're really trying to bring with every conversation and every bit of content we bring to the table. Um, so we are here with Braden Cook, who is our expert. He's the, the expert panelist when it comes to investing. And Basically, what we're going to do is is initially try to to create really great educational content as it re, as it relates to investing uh, in a sequential order. So, you know, we started with how to get started and, and fundamentals, and uh, today we're going to be talking about savings. Um, and as Braden said to me before, you can't invest money that you don't have, um, which is a great point. Um, but I think it's you know there's going to be some some kind of little sidetracks that we go down and and to talk about you know the best ways to save how does investing relate to saving and are they mutually exclusive are they the same thing and we'll kind of go down that path but i'll hand it over to bredo now and and he'll i guess what's the importance of savings financial security i suppose like you want to be able to i don't know you don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck and having that uh insecurity and that anxiety that uh, revolves around that every day you know i think i think like that last part is actually the most prominent reason to save because like financial stress and anxiety is probably the worst financial oh, yeah. fi- financial stress is probably the most horrible stress to go through because there's so much uncertainty um if you can create that buffer like it just gives you that safety net and that's realistically if you look at human nature all we want is safety it's a really good point. I was actually talking to um, one of our clients today um, and had a conversation with him and, and he, he brought up a really good point and, and he just had a massive life change. Um, and and he, was, he said to me and he asked me a question. He goes, hey, um, what? He goes, I've got a question for you. And I go, yeah, yeah, shoot. And he goes, oh, it's just more about growth. Uh, and he's like, you know, um, he goes, I'm just feeling like really tense. He goes, you know, like about hiring and these kind of things. He goes, do you, do you know, do you, what do you think? Do you think I need to do it? And it was a really good point because it, it really brought up this, and it was my, my answer to this question was more around this topic. I go, you've just gone through a massive life change. Um, and often Instagram and, and the outside pressure is what causes us to feel like we always need to be growing and always need to be scaling. And I ended up saying to him, I'm like, look, man, like, the reality is you've gone through massive life change. He just had a ch- he just had a child, you know. So like I'll you know he just had a child, and I was like, look, the reality is is your priorities right now are very different to what they were six months ago. I said, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. There is no right or wrong. Like you can you know like you can continue doing your craft and and being singular and ha- and just you know having a very profitable business um, and and have that security. And also that means less stress, less stress that you take home and you can prioritize being a father right now and, and start building that capital um, for potentially something that you want to do down the line. And um, 
that was my biggest thing is like, you know, savings. Like, you know, you can build economic security right now because the reality is growing a business costs capital. Yeah, like if you're truly trying to scale a company, it costs you money. Uh, and that's very stressful because sometimes, you know, you can fly too close to the sun. And that's the reality. And, and that's the, that is the, the tightrope you're walking as a business owner. But I think what you said, right, is, is, you know, when I got that question, my first thing was, what's your priorities? There is no right or wrong answer to this, but you don't, it's a timing thing. Yeah, because the reality is, is he probably doesn't, if he doesn't save this money and, and create this economic security, he might not actually be able to scale his company. So I think savings is important in, when investing uh, across the board, whether it's investing in fucking stocks, cryptocurrency, your own business lifestyle whatever you're investing in and the reason we have it is for times of uncertainty as well so covid happens you know and then all of a sudden your income's gone and you then have to rely on whatever you got sitting in the bank for a couple of months you know or until job keeper kicks in or job seek whatever it may be um those sort of things come in and they they happen so often that we like but we regularly prepare for it money uh, money money and savings man like cash on hand essentially is anti-fragile it gives you the ability to be fluid it gives you the ability to pivot if shit goes wrong or if shit's going really well and you need to double down and reinvest capital like i don't see savings to be something that's always just there for a rainy day for a bad situation but also for a fucking great one too like it gives you the ability to take opportunities and also put you in better opportunities as well and it always feels good when you see your savings balance grow as well yeah. you know we like you talk about progressing and that sort of thing that's a key component of it just being able to see that, that that little buffer that you've got is continually growing and it, it's a way of showing that your hard work is paying off as well. I, I think, um, you know, the other thing, like, Reese, you said that before, you know, and you mentioned COVID. If we didn't have the, the capital sitting in the bank as a business, there's no way we would have been able to tackle courses the way we did where we could go really high-end production uh, and, and really kind of make that a, another revenue stream and do it successfully, you know, and, and it, we could do that. We did that straight away. You know, that was as soon as we seen what was happening, we could go and dive into that. Even though it wasn't that capital intensive at the start, we ended up doing it, you know, going over and above with that now. And, and it's really solidified as another revenue stream. And I think that's just a prime example of capital, right? Your ability to um, have capital in the bank for that rainy day, for that opportunity that might be coming, um, even something as, as little as buying the dip, you know, like there's been a massive pullback at the moment and I'm actually shattered that I didn't have more money to invest. Um, but I think it... You didn't it, buy the dip. I bought the dip, but I didn't buy you the didn't dip, buy as, enough of the dip. <laughs> as much as what I would have liked. And um, I went too heavily in the beginning and so now I'm at a point where I'm so cash poor. Dude, you know where I was like <laughs> to you? I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to let it play out. Uh -huh. I waited about three hours like, nah, fucking buy more of the dip. <laughs> I did the exact same thing. Yeah. So the other day, but I think it's, I think it's important, you know, and, and saving is a skill, right? And, and, and that's really what it is, is your ability to understand a financial literacy is like, it's a superpower. So your ability to um, learn the skills of financial literacy and start to build capital in the bank and then understand how to manage your money outside of that um, is, is really important. Um, so how does, how does savings then, what, what's the importance of savings as it relates to investing then? Uh, well, it's always just handy to have money for times when the market's down, really. Um, you might also find an opportunity in a company that uh, really excites you and you want to dollar cost average your way into it. Um, 
that's the reason why you want to have cash from an investment's point of view. But um, it's more so for that uh, financial security, in my opinion. You're like, you want to make sure that you're always going to be able to cover your mortgage or your rent, always going to be able to put food on the table and that sort of thing. And then if you have money left over, that's where you can then put that thing to work and then allow you to obviously grow your money. Do you have any sort of like, I know I have my own personal methodology to saving and what like my, the way I save, do you have a personal methodology that you see works well? <laughs> you got to tax yourself. Yeah. Tax yourself. Yep. As soon as money hits your bank account, you set aside a certain element of that uh, and then you don't touch that money. Mm -hmm. So it could be 10% and then you just make do with the rest. And then if you spend the rest of it, doesn't matter because you've already saved away that 10%. Uh, I remember back in the day when, when I actually had an income. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> There's know. a little flex. <laughs> uh, back in the day when I had an income, I was trying to put away 50% of how much I was making because I just knew that that's the, that was the way that I was going to be able to get ahead. And I was at the, that point, I was just addicted to just putting into the market every single month. And so whatever I could earn, um, I would tax myself straight away as soon as it hit my account and then I'd just live off what mm. was left. I have a little bit different like whereas I have like a I have three months of expenses personal expenses covered in an account that just sits there and then I've got another like a rainy day fund that is just set at an amount that I just, that's just like my if I ever fucking need it it's so there. You have two emergency funds. I have my three months of rev, my three months of expenses where it just sits there um, and that's just like a high interest saving just does its thing and then I've just got a set amount that if I ever need like quick cash mm -hmm. that I'm willing to pull out from, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the rainy day fund is essentially three months, sits there, doesn't ever move. Whereas if I've got this other account that's just like 5K sits in there. And why do you have that? If I want to pull quick cash. Okay. Because I, if, for example, my three, month, my three month account is if I got fucking real sick, couldn't do, any, like granted my fucking job is online, but if I couldn't do anything, mm -hmm. that's where I'd start paying from. Yeah. Okay. And then the rest is play money. So what? So I don't get what your second one is. My second one is quick cash. So for example, like if we, we just started a, um, a marketing campaign, mm -hmm. right? Instead of pulling from like profits, it's just like, sweet, that just comes from the business. And it's a business account okay. for quick expenses. And okay. I always just top that back up and it stays at zero. It stays at its 5K zero point. Okay. Interesting. It's money that it's essentially play money I'm willing to spend. Yeah. So... And then I just keep it, it just top that up every time I spend But what it. was your strategy? So when you were just starting out, how would you go about savings? Dude, when I first started out, I didn't save. <laughs> Spent stupid money on stupid shit. <laughs> but that, honestly, man, I think like... But when probably, did it click? There like, well, must have been a time when it clicked. I think that's a, it's actually a worthwhile conversation to have because when it comes to saving, like, I, like my business started doing well when I was young. And I, I learned how not to save money very early, which I'm fucking glad I did. Because now it's put me in a position where I actually I understand the value of it, mm -hmm. and what what a point of stress is and what a point of stress isn't. Mm -hmm. So like I know my safety net now, and I can go okay, well, sweet. From there, I I can actually be comfortable. But what was the the, the tipping point was? My tipping point was I went to the accountant and he was like, "Hey, you owe more tax than what you fucking have in money." Mm. I was like, "Ah, oh. that's when you know you've got a spending problem." Yeah, I yeah. had a ridiculously spe big spending problem. Mm. Um. And, but that conversation was the thing that goes, all right, sweet. I just Did it ever lead you to a path where like you were spending so much you required like credit in order to nah. make those sort of purchases? No. Nah. So I was, um, I've never had a credit card in my life. Never? No. Nah. That's so good. No. Nah. 
I, never I, I have. Yeah. I, I still do, but I use it more for travel and to gain points and that yeah. sort of thing. I use it for the benefits side of thing. Yep. Back when I was younger, I had a couple of credit cards. I've got a credit card now, but I basically put all of our business expenses on it and then just pay it off every week. Um, yeah, but most people don't. Most people have. Well, I, most people will pay off the minimum amount. Mate, like I've got a fucking like. If you knew my story, like my story is similar to yours, dude. No, 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 no. Of what your spending habits? No. So when I was eighteen, he's the cheapest man alive. <laughs> no, when I was eighteen, and I've got this deeply ingrained fear in me from my experiences. Um, and this is this will resonate with a lot of people. But when I was eighteen, um, like I was a party boy, right? And yeah, I was a party boy and um, like I was just dumb. Like, you know what, man? I didn't get my first job until I was well, – I've never had my first job. My first job was fucking starting my own business. Um, but I just didn't – like, you know, from 16 to 18, man, like I just played football. I had it all my own way. You know, I just didn't get taught any of that stuff, like none of those skills. Like I had a poor relationship with my father, so I didn't see him. Um and then mum would work from seven till seven, man. Like, I'd get home, she's cooked dinner, and then we're, like, it's bedtime, and, and like, we're all winding down. Um, but when I was 18, I was driving to a, a footy trip, and I just got bought my first car. So it was, like, $3,000 car, and my parents, my mum at the time, and my dad, because we, we started talking again, and this is, this is where it didn't go down well. Um, asked me to get insurance and, and me just being a young kid had no idea at really what it meant. I crashed a car uh, into a car. So I wrote my car off, but I also wrote the other car off and had no insurance. Are you surprised? Um, <laughs> no. But, you know, the reality is, is like, you know, I didn't know this stuff. Like I didn't get, like I, honestly, man, like I fucking... Was it your fault too? 100%. So it was on you to pay... 40 grand Shit. on a credit card. Shit. Forty grand. I remember this, bro. Forty grand. Forty grand on a credit card. Wow. In, in debt. Mm. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Man, and I didn't. I didn't. Didn't. Um. I didn't get out of debt until. It's I was amazing married. how far that sets you back because what people bro, don't realize is the interest actually accrues interest and that compounds. Mate, I ended up paying back about seventy-five grand. Yeah. So I started from negative seventy-five. Mm. Right, negative seventy-five, and I clawed my way back ridiculously. Mm. Like, and, and like absolutely clawed my way back to the point where I just remember like the fucking getting out of credit and like, it was just ridiculously liberating. Yeah. Like I was like, holy fucking shit. Like yeah. I can actually start saving money. Big question. Now. Do you have insurance now? Definitely. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but you know, it was one of those things that, you know, as I said, I just growing up, like I didn't get told this stuff, you know, like I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't. My mum worked fucking ridiculous hours. Like she's my hero because she, if it wasn't for that, I'd be fucking. We would. I wouldn't. Wouldn't have gone to school. I wouldn't have done any of that stuff. Yeah, my mum drilled into me that you pay, like you get your insurances and you pay everything on time because obviously then it accrues fees and mm. and then potentially interest on top of all those sort of things. And so she drilled it into me to always make sure I was paying them off. Um, but so many people don't, and they get themselves into this trap. And this is something that I get asked uh, quite regularly: is when do I, like, do I prioritize paying down my debt or do I prioritize saving first? And I always say pay down the debt. Because until you pay down the debt, the money ain't yours. That's it. It's always, like, it's always coming out of your pocket. Yeah. You know? Uh, and you want to get that paid off because that will then free you up 
to the point where you can start saving all of it. Well, it's like what I said before, the, the, the load of financial stress, even having repayments, that, that's like just financial stress in general is the most crippling stress that I've ever experienced at least. It's a big reason why our relationships break down too. Of course. Yeah. Big reason. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting space to look into. Like if you look at like the dynamic of a couple and how they save as save together versus how they originally saved individually. Like I have quite, I have, I have like friends all the time that we're talking about how they save now, now that they're in like a committed relationship with their partner versus how they saved before. Oh, Very it's different a, it story. makes a massive difference because now you've got two incomes basically to help mm-hmm. look after a very similar lifestyle yep. because then you're covering your rent and all that sort of thing based off that. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your discretionary spending, which is like probably more expensive because you've got someone in your life and that sort of thing. But it makes such a difference. It's it a allows you load. to save. It's a shared load as yeah. well. The stress is shared. Yeah. I think the yeah. biggest thing with like this, though, like, and the biggest thing, that, the lesson that I learned going through that, you know, amongst that of paying that off, I was trying to build a business at the same time, living out of home, lost my license, had to pay two rents. <laughs> well, yeah, cause, like I, I can tell this story from the external. Like, you know, Kyle and I were working in the same space. Um, and I remember him coming in like, yeah, cool, I crashed my car. And then like within the month, he lost his license and was also moving gyms as well and essentially running two businesses. And then you also tried to bring on people underneath you in that time too. And it was like, fuck, there are a million plates spinning right now. And he is not, he's not understating when he says like... It drove me into a state of anxiety. Yeah, but, he, but you're not understating the fact that you had to claw your way back. Like that wasn't oh, a... Like that wasn't a simple process, dude. Like you know, I crashed the car when I was nineteen, um, and then made the move at twenty-one. So mm-hmm. I built, I had a business that was, you know, functioning at the time, built it up, and and then, you know, I, I lost my license as I was moving gyms. So and I just recently got a new house in in Port Melbourne. Um, so you know, I, every day I would wake up at three a.m. Fucking get the first. I'd get the first train from um, Southern Cross Station. Nobody else was there. It was just me every day. Um, I would start at five a.m. Work all day till twelve PTing. Um, then catch the train back to Port Melbourne, and I'd build my business up at Port Melbourne, and and like clawed my way out of it. But I think like what I was going to say, the biggest thing with that whole scenario is just taking responsibility. I think for the first three years, from eighteen to twenty-one through that whole process, I, you know, I said to use just then, I said, you know, I didn't get taught that stuff. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. And although I think it's somewhat the truth, the reality is, is I was using that as an excuse to not have to change my behavior. It's easy to not take responsibility though when you're young and naive. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that changed for me was like, I go, okay, you still spend like an idiot. You, st- you actually make good money right now and you you can't control that. Well, that's so that's where I was about to lead it. That was an unfortunate circumstance. That isn't going to happen to everybody. But the reason why people do get into trouble is because they overspend and they, they don't or they live beyond their means. Yeah. And that's how they fall into that trap and that debt trap. So how, do, what, you, how do you best explain the the axes or the relationship between spending and saving? Like, how do you get that to be something that someone can actually understand? Because like, savings is one of those things that's like a little bit up in the wazi woo of like how to do it. It's just like, just put money aside. It's, it sounds simpler than for what many people it is. So how well, do you it, start to create a better It's a psychological there? thing because you have to uh, be willing to sacrifice now in order to live a more balanced life in the future. Okay, so how do you do that? 
Because, like, for you, you you're in a circumstance where you've been in the financial space forever. You know, there are people sitting at home that go, all right, well, sick. Well, you you, you just have to prioritise what's more important to you. Is it more important to you to be walking around in designer brands or Mm -hmm. is it more important to you to feel uh, financially secure and not have that anxiety around money? This is what I was saying before, right? Like, honestly, it's about taking responsibility. Like, you guys bag me a little bit because I'm a tight ass. You know, I'm still working from that point of fear. Like, I don't ever want to go back to that place. Yeah, yeah that's, we've spoken about that before. Like, yeah. I think the most successful people in the world still operate from a position of fear. Yeah, and that's but, the biggest thing for me, man, is like I know what it was like to be there and I'm still scared to go back and that still change, it affects the way I, I manage my money a, now. It's a great habit to be in. Like, you might get to a point where, you, like, you've got enough money that you can eventually enjoy it, but you're still in this uh, period where you're, you're living... Um, quite modestly, and you are, you focus on, on building up that savings because it will get you to a point where you won't have that anxiety later on and you can live a more balanced life. You know, that's, that's the goal and that's where you need to change that mindset. Uh, and that's where you need, to, you need to really sit down and, and figure out what your priorities are because until you do that, you're going to continue to fall uh, into that trap and you're just going to get worse and worse and worse until that anxiety builds up to a point where you're at a breaking point. Let's pull this back to a smaller scale though, right? Take out designer brands, take out like stupid spending habits. Let's say someone is at home that doesn't earn a lot of money. They're just scraping by with paying their rent. They're doing their stuff and they're, they're living within their means, but they still want to save. That's when you need to look to either upskill yourself or find an additional source of uh, income. Okay. So that's where you go out and you find your side hustle. Like this is where people go out and they have two to three jobs, you know, where they're working then nine to five Monday through Friday, and then on the weekends they're working in a bar. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's like unfortunately to when you're savings. Yeah, yeah, when you're young, that's the time that you need to prioritize all of this because it compounds. And and I just want to add something to that as well. Like, I think savings as a as a term for the everyday listener can get a little bit confusing because, like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like at the moment, I don't. I pretty much sit on about ten grand in cash. And then everything else is invested, and that. But that still is a form of savings, except the only difference is. Oh, hundred percent. I so I'm very much cash poor at the moment, but my savings is obviously quite large, and that that helps yeah, because me. it's diversified in other avenues. Yeah, so yeah. that's right. It it doesn't necessarily have to be cash in the bank. It can be investments. It can be property. It can be all those sort of things. But. Um, like fundamentally, we're talking about having cash in the bank. Well, realistically, this is where I'm coming back to like where I say like for me, having three months cash on hand is my safety net and then I can invest everything else because well, that's liquid. That's, that's, that's right. There's no, point, there's no point investing your money if you're living paycheck to paycheck. No, because if shit goes tits up for you in your life, you can't pull out. Like, yeah, you could probably, yeah, what is it? Like a 24-hour time period once you sell... You, you have your money within 24 hours? Two days, yeah, Two, 48, 48 hours. hours. Okay, so you, when you sell, you, yeah, you could have quick money potentially. That's just stocks though. Potentially, like, yeah. But property is even longer. Yeah, property is way longer. But then if you look at like what happens if you need the money before the 48 hours or what happens if you pulling out actually pushes you into a worse position because you've actually lost money on the investment and in that And that's where point. credit cards come in Correct. and that's how people fall into this. Uh, this so having that safety net of savings, like I think, I think especially in our generation – savings are often glorified to a point where you're just trying to grow, grow, grow. And let's say even after you've bought the house, you're still just like saving, 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 and they're not actually putting money into investing. Maybe because they don't understand, they don't understand where to put it, what to do. Mm. But savings get often over-glorified 
once they have that safety net, it's like, do you see much point after having the safety net? Do you really see much point in just growing your bank account? No, that, at that point, that's when you want to have your money working for you. Because you also have to fit, uh, realize that um, the smaller the numbers, like so say you're growing, say you've got $10,000 um, that you want to invest um, and you're spending all your money. Uh, that you're, so you're, not, you're now not saving any money. You've just got the 10 grand. You want to invest that money. A 10% return on that is only $1,000. The biggest difference that you can make is to focus in on your spending habits because that will have the biggest impact have on how much. It will have $1,000 of... Exactly. Yeah. It's it not until you get up to the 100000 sort of uh, level that you've got invested and a 10% return on that is $10,000. That's when it starts to become meaningful money. Well, it's the same. You know, it's, the old side say, well it's, it's the old saying of like more money, more problems. Yeah. It's the same thing with like less money, less return. Well, that's like, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, makes sense. So that's where you need to prioritize um, reining in those expenses and then... Uh, if you are just struggling to get by, that's where you need to focus on trying to upskill yourself or getting a side hustle. So I'll play devil's advocate then, right? And so, because, I mean, I kind of, I look at it a little bit differently and I'm like, okay, like if you're living paycheck to paycheck, of course, you, you do have to change those spending habits. But the reality is, is like, I think that for somebody who's earning a low income, if you can, f- if you can actually change those spending habits, and I think everybody has the opportunity to do it, how much that's relative and, and some people it's not much, right? If you've got family and you're not having that much money coming in, but, you know, if you're investing, like let's say that you can save 20, let's say you can save $200 a week. What's to say at the end of the month, right, you cannot have, you know, that $800 in, uh, sorry, $400 in savings and then invest $400 into the markets or invest that into I something. suppose that comes down to your risk profile. So for me, that's exactly what I did. I was saving, when I first started out, I was trying to save $250 a week, which meant that by the end of the month, I had $1,000 to invest. Uh, And then people would argue, but what about having a six-month like emergency fund? Well, my argument would be that my six-month emergency fund is my investment. investment. I can always, like it is fairly liquid. I can have that money. Back in those days, it was three days um, that you could pull it out, but that's, that's fairly liquid and... I, I also had a credit down. card in case... Yeah, and like, provided I, it wasn't market down, market yeah. wasn't down, you'd be in a good spot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, at that time, I had a credit card. So if like Red Joe was due or something like that, I could just put on the credit card and then I'd be able to uh, get that money off the market. Well, actually, no, I didn't. I was a bit naughty and I, <laughs> I just paid it out of my savings. But yeah, that's an alternative as well. So for me, yes, I invested it straight away. But other people, it might feel better to have that money sitting in their savings. But that's a psychological thing. Well, it's like it's what you said. It's risk profile. Mm. If you have four kids, a mortgage, and you're only able to put away three hundred bucks a week, that'd be a pretty scary place. Exactly. To be. That's that's where yeah you got to look at your circumstances as well. Like I was a single guy. I didn't have my expenses weren't um, high. I didn't have any dependents, so that wasn't my priority. And my I could afford to take a lot more risk, whereas it someone was- like that they wouldn't realistically in your circumstance if everything went bad like you've still got a room even today yeah like if if say all of my investments went to zero and i had to declare bankruptcy tomorrow i've still got enough skills to be able to go out and get a job uh because i don't have any dependents Mm -hmm. like i i could break my lease i could i don't know i could potentially move back home if yeah if you ever needed to we are i think we are 
generally as a society in Western culture, we are very lucky, generally, right? Of course, there are circumstances where this doesn't apply, but we are very lucky that if, especially while we're young, if shit really goes that bad, like, it ain't that bad. No. Like... It's not life or death. No. No. If my investments go to zero, I'm not going to have to worry about where I'm going to get food the next day. I just have to get myself back into the workforce and start again. And this is where you said like, you know, it would be say normal to have like a six month reserve fund. Yeah. This is where say for me, like I'm happy to have three because I know if everything went to shit, I could probably start another business and make yeah, it profitable within three months. Up. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I'd be able to use my skills, whether it be in product sales or creating e- e-com or coaching, selling time, like yeah. I'd be able to do it yeah. in less than three months. Yeah. So I think like if we draw this back, I think there's like some key principles, right? It's like have an emergency fund or, or uh, just cash on hand mm-hmm. and that should be relative to probably something on a minimum to like three months of your income, right? So, expenses. Yeah, your, sorry, your expenses. Uh, and then from there, then you would allocate a certain amount on a monthly basis that you're willing to invest uh, and that can form your type of savings in a sense. Yeah. Well, I'm um, gonna I'm gonna quote Braids on this. You, when we first met, I was very cash heavy, mm-hmm. very. You know, I didn't have any sort of diversification diversification throughout like my uh, where my money was. And at the end of the day, Braids just said to me, "Goes like, after you've covered expenses, like, what's it doing? Like, what is your what is your money doing? Just accruing what fuck two percent a year? Actually, losing money. You're you're literally losing money with the rate they're printing it. So." That's the that was kind of like the penny dropping moment for me, where I was well, like, I I learned early on because I was a I was heavily influenced by Warren Buffett, mm-hmm. and one of his uh, principles is that a dollar today is ten dollars tomorrow. So this is how I sort of started to view money, uh, and I then quickly realized that. Uh, Can you explain every, that? Like, sorry, explain that that concept. So okay, so a dollar today uh, over time will compound mm-hmm. um, based on I don't know, say a ten percent. Um, rate that'll eventually compound to a point where it is ten dollars. Mm-hmm. So every year that money compounds, and then you're earning money on top of your principal, and then also that interest as well. Mm-hmm. And so over time it'll compound. Yep. And so with with knowing this, I was then able to say, okay, well I will be able to do without this good or service or whatever it might be, and I'm going to want put this money to work for me knowing that in the future that's going to be worth a whole lot more than what it is today uh, whereas if I had just bought something that depreciated in value it didn't, didn't it brought me um, instant validation but not long term validation do you still find like validity in instant validation pro- like purchases now I'm I, I'm impulsive yes mm-hmm. but often I do talk myself out of it yeah there are some times where I don't and I, it's okay to treat yourself too. Like, there's nothing wrong with rewarding yourself. But, yeah, at some point, you've got to ask yourself, look, yes, this will make me feel happy today, but will it make me feel happy in a year's time when I'm stressing about money? Yeah. And that's where it comes down to. And I've had this conversation about cars, you know? Like, I, I could so easily go out and get a really nice car, but at the end of the day, in a year's time, that car's going to be no different to the car I'm driving right now. It's, yeah. it's still just going to get me from A to B. Uh, and yet I'll be spending more on the maintenance and everything I'm like that. I'm eventually going to be a moped guy. <laughs> I, I, I seriously think I'll be a moped guy. Like one of my favorite things is... What just about on days like this where it's raining? Hey, like I'm... I'm, pro, I'm Day off. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We ain't coming in. <laughs> like barley vibes. You know what I mean? Like just, just scootering around everywhere. 
just live within yeah, that, but then that little area and just scooter everywhere. I, I'll challenge you on that though, because what about when you eventually have kids? Then it becomes more about you need to protect yourself and uh, and be like a little nah, bit bro. more risk averse. Nah, bro. <laughs> Haven't you seen the uh, the Bali meme with the guy? He's got like seven dogs on his scooter. Yeah, he's Kyle's driving. gonna be that guy. He's gonna be standing out the front of his house with his tuck- shirt tucked up like the dudes in Bali, just fanning his stomach. No, no, no. <laughs> I, you know the the Bali guy with all the seven dogs, and yeah, he's got yeah. the dog on his head on his shoulders. That's gonna yeah. be me with my kids. Well, this is why people go out. Like once they have kids, they go out and buy SUVs. Because it becomes more about safety. It's funny, man. Like, I went through that phase, like I said before, of, like, I had a shitty spending... I had really shitty spending habits when I, like, first started doing well. And, like, I bought myself a nice car, right? And then I bought a nicer car, right? And Which you bought on finance. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, again, I look at it now, silly decision, right? However, and I think you would probably agree on this, once you've had a nice enough car, you're probably not going to go backwards to a beater. No, it's the same premise like flying business. Mm. Like it's very hard to go back to economy. I agree. I <laughs> fucking agree. I've flown economy three times in my life. Yeah. And that's just because my dad worked at Qantas <laughs> and I got mad benefits. But like, I'll probably start flying business now. But, I'm, I, you know, I honestly like it's the same with my car. It's the same with everything. Like I've just worked from this place of fear mm. and I'm just like, oh, I never want to go back there. And I still do it to this day. Like I will tight ass it on things. Mm-hmm. And only now I'm starting to like loosen up a little bit. Um, but I think it's... Well, I mean, what I, I was going to say there before I forget, sorry to cut you off, but I got the nice car. Right, then I got the nicer car, but like in any businesses, my, my business had has gone through its point of a low, and I was like, fuck, could you sell so my you car? So were, you were chasing that instant validation. Yeah, back then, yeah, it was sure. It was all ego-driven. And oh, you, do you know what, bro? It, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even for me. It was, I was all about what were people going to think. Exactly. 100%. So uh, you, you, um, yeah, you got it for the instant validation to begin with, mm-hmm. and then you had to work hard then to pay it off. Yeah. Whereas I quickly learned that and this is something my granddad drilled into me because he was just one of those old school, like hard ass guys who would just work his ass off and like he'd still be a tight ass at the end of the day. But uh, he drilled into me that you work hard and then you reward yourself. So like for me, I was able to just buy my car in cash mm. because I knew that I'd done the work and I You're now silly. had the resources. I could have at that point too. Well, well yeah. So silly. I mean, I to, be fair, to be fair, if uh, with interest rates being so low and that sort of thing, I, I can understand but that's why not, okay. that didn't go through my head. Bro. No. It was just like, okay, I don't have to pay for it now. Mm. I was dumb. Yeah. I, like, I had no idea how money worked at the point. Yeah. But You also put it on your business and it depreciates yeah. over time. So, yeah. you're, you know, like it's, I, like it's, I'm, a, good, it's there, a good there business are, there are loop, At the end yeah, of the day, when, when it comes yeah. time for me to, if I do sell it, I will probably sell it at a break-even point. And I won't actually lose, even with all of the expenses that have gone. Yeah, into it. and you and you you're writing off those the yeah. depreciation against your your absolutely yeah your absolutely. profits and that sort of thing. But the one thing that I will say is, in those points where business has you know at like all businesses the roller coaster of business, on those lulls, it's been like fuck, I could just sell my car, like and it's one of those things where I'm like, this was such a silly decision because I'd rather have the cash there as as safety for those lulls. Rather than be like, oh shit, I have to sell an asset or not even an asset. It's a fucking thing that's yeah, but you, depreciating. It's like I, this comes back to what I was saying before. The car that you're driving now, sure, it's nice, but 
it's really no difference to well, driving around in a $20,000 car, is it? No, it's not. But this is where, so this is where I think there's a medium. There's a point where you go, okay, nice car. I'm probably not going to go back to a beta, but it's also not going to be that much different to a $700,000 car. Exactly. Right? It's like, yeah. at that point, like, this is a very oversimplification. And granted, I don't fucking drive a $700,000 car. So this is probably a little bit biased because I'm just going off my current opinion. But fast is fast. My car is fucking fast. Right? Like... It has all the same internals as well. Yeah, and I can only go the speed limit. I can only go the speed limit. I can't drive the $700,000 car any differently. So I think now it's just perspective. Granted, if there was like $10 million on the table that was just liquid, maybe I'd go do something silly. Well, this is why people um, often go uh, broke after winning the lotto because they haven't changed changed their their lifestyle. They haven't changed their lifestyle or they they haven't got a good relationship with money. And so now they've got this winefall, but they don't realize that when you buy a house, there's maintenance that's yeah. involved, there's rates that's involved, and like their uh, their uh, spending habits increase proportionately to, yeah, well, actually more so than what they've more. actually yeah brought in. It's all good and well to go, yeah. buy the you know the big crazy big wine fridge or the wine <laughs> cellar, but you have got to stock it. Yeah. Like you have got to keep it full. <laughs> yeah. That's what? it. And the same, like, a $700,000 car is probably going to cost you thirty, forty thousand 40000 in maintenance every year. At least. Yeah. Dude, no way. And then you've got your insurance that would annoy on top me. of that. That would, that would genuinely annoy me. Mm. But well, it's regardless, just a sunk cost. my point, like, when you, like, I think that bringing this back to savings, if you can have that safety net and not spend money on stupid things that are going to depreciate and make too many impulsive decisions, again, nice to reward yourself, but it's more comforting to have the safety net than it is to be like, fuck, what can I sell? Yeah. Well, this is how impulsive I was. I, earlier in the year, was talking about buying a boat. Yeah, I remember. Buying a boat is one of the worst decisions you can make. Yeah. Although. <laughs> it would be fun. <laughs> no, well, there's been a bit of a, there's been a yacht spike in the world at the moment, so they're actually appreciating in value. They're more valuable now than what they were 12 to 24 months ago. Yeah, but. Yeah, but you're when's not, that going to happen again? That's not factoring in how much it costs to maintain them. Like, when you're around salt water, these Shit things... rusts. Yeah. <laughs> the maintenance on them is so much. And even just to store, like, to dock them at a marina, it costs And then pay so someone to, to, you know, drive the thing. I don't, do you drive a boat? Yeah, you drive a drive boat. Drive a boat, yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> no, how much I know about boat. boats. <laughs> I, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, the biggest thing for me here is, like, I... I I think we've got, obviously got to be careful about what we say and these kind of things. But I think the biggest thing is like, if you want to get ahead, man, like you've got to fucking invest your money. I don't care whether you're earning 30 grand a year, 60 grand a year, 90 grand a year. Investing is the way that people build wealth. Yeah. Little, little caveat to that. Not financial advice, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's not like just invest your money. Like we're not telling you what to invest in, but yeah. you got to get it going, working for you. Like, the biggest penny drop for me over the last two years is the fact that I can make money while I'm sleeping. He started hanging around me. But with <laughs> my business. Me too. <laughs> yeah, with my savings, all these kind of things, right? And I think it's like, you know, get your safety net, figure out what that is. It's different for everybody. Find out what that is and then everything else invest. And that's whether it's in property, stocks, fucking whatever, right? But, you, you know, if you want to get ahead and, and, and like that's what this fucking podcast is about. It's about helping people get ahead. That's the game. Yeah. There's two things, actually, from the last 12 months of hanging out with you that I've learned. <laughs> One is that, right, that making money while you sleep is fun. Yeah. But because you're so bullish and impulsive sometimes and you go, yeah, fuck it, let's just go, riding the roller coaster of finance is actually pretty fun. 
like the, the yeah, downs reckon? are like, okay, it's doing something. Like, what would Braden <laughs> Who think? Who the fuck is this guy? Like, no, nah, oh, seriously, bro, when Finance, it goes down. Roll, mate, I had the shittest week ever last <laughs> week. Dude, when, no, when <laughs> it's rolling down, <laughs> when it's going down, I sit there, I genuinely say to myself, what would, be Bra- what would Braden be saying? He'd be like, buy when everyone else is panicking. Like, I, I just text him for reassurance. I'm yeah. like, hey, bro. Yeah, help me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like honestly, man, it's the last twelve months. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, take the last week for the in the crypto space has been a big hit, but I'm like, it's gonna come back up. Like, I think I it's like as far as I'm just a very optimistic person in general, and I don't sit there and panic that shit's gonna go to like go horribly. I'm like, oh, well, Braden, Braden's more invested than I am, and he's not stressing, so why should I? Here's a little, uh, um, here's a little, a little cheat if you want to get through. Um, the red zone when it comes to investing. Follow biased opinions on Twitter and only fill them with your feed and then just go to Twitter and watch all the videos of everyone <laughs> saying that everything's going to be okay and it's fucking great because that's what that, I realised that whenever I'm in the red zone now, I just go to Twitter because I'm only following people that they fucking, they, they, they help me with my biases. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. hey. You know what the best <laughs> investment decision would be for people to do is to to do your research, obviously, Pull the trigger, buy whatever it is that you want to buy, and then don't look at it for a year, mm. if yeah. if not longer. Mm. If you if you have reached a point where you um, you know that this company is going to do well, they're a sound business, they run uh, really well. Pull the trigger and then just wait, and go big, go big on those um, investments too. When when you do have a lot of resolve for them, put. Like uh, within I'm not your say means. how much to, to within your wait. means, yeah. But put a, a large allocation towards that thing and just wait. That will get you ahead. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Within your means, within obviously. Your means. But yeah. that's how to save. That's how to get ahead, I guess. <laughs> oh, but the same thing applies with a property. Like yeah. how much you put so much of your capital into a property, and you do all of this due diligence towards it and this sort of thing, and then you wait, don't you? You don't check the price of your property every day. No. And that's the trap that we fall into because we're, we're playing a long-term game when there's people who are playing the hourly game, who are playing the minute game, Yeah, you know? For sure. They just have different priorities towards what we do. But because we're playing in a, a much smaller field because we're not playing with hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, there's no point playing their game. They're better off just putting the money in and waiting. All right, Investors Podcast num- episode number two, Savings. Uh, get a safety net, figure out what that is, get to that point and then start allocating. Tax yourself. Tax yourself and then start allocating some of that capital to uh, either investing and, and building up your savings and getting your money to get to work for you. Um, big thanks to everyone for tuning into this episode. Make sure you hit the subscribe button whether you're on podcast or YouTube. Um, the more that you guys um, sub- subscribe means obviously – uh, the downloads go up for us, and that's really important for us to be able to attract you know, really great guests and, and continue to have these um, really great conversations. So big thanks for the support so far. And um, if you have any feedback as well, make sure you, you, you're dropping us feedback. If you want guests on, if you want topics covered, all of this stuff helps us create you know, really great content for you guys and, and valuable content on how to build uh, character, wealth, and uh, your business as well and, and really get ahead because that's what we're doing it for. Peace. Thank you. Cheers.